So we're looking at a teaching series on prayer, and today is where to pray. And in many ways, I think the question should be where not to pray, rather than where to pray. Prayer can be loud or quiet. It can be personal or reflective. It can be in groups interceding for others, for a global situation perhaps. Now where did people of the Bible pray? Matthew 6 verse 6 says, When you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Mark 1, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Luke 5, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. How many of us have prayed through the night, I wonder? Don't put your hands up. You see, these are examples of personal prayer. And as they were on a journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. As I said, these are examples of personal prayer. However, to answer where to pray is best answered where you are. I'm not referring to if you're at home, work, or even church. Oh, by the way, have you visited and prayed in our new prayer room? Please have a look afterwards. Dom Chapman once said, pray as you can, not as you can't. No, I mean pray where you are spiritually, for what is important to you and your family. You might start off selfishly, but the more you pray, the easier it becomes and the more natural it becomes. And you will find the focus comes off you to others and what touches your heart. Katie Crothers has been writing a set prayer for Baptist churches. She's training at Sarum College, an Anglican college where daily officer prayer is set out before them to recite. And that's something alien to us as a free church pattern. We pray ex tempore, impromptu, or as feel led, where other than reciting the Lord's Prayer, it would feel unnatural to many of us. But there are also disadvantages in the free church. As some might feel that their prayers are not as good as others, and they keep their thoughts to themselves. And I know I'm going off the track here, but that is why I love the prayers of blessings as shown by the teachings of the local houses of prayer, Falder Brethren. I know that's a bit of a mouthful, but many of you will know where I'm going here. The Sunday before I left you to go to Israel on my sabbatical, you prayed for me. You prayed for me but by, by praying blessings into me. You didn't need to fear saying the wrong thing or be restricted by words. You just prayed blessings of health, of travel, of peace, of joy. Bless you. Thank you. Again, listen to John, Donald Chapman. Pray as you can, not as you can't. Pray where you are. In a sense, it's the same as praying unceasingly. Pray at all times and for all occasions. Pray believing. Pray 
everywhere. However, in saying that, we all have special places where we pray, where we find that peace, that solitude, that peace of just being with God and you. When I became a Christian, I was 18, and I worked at a petrol station. Some of you here will know the haven at Furs Down. My boss was a heavy smoker, and being situated at the top of a windy hill, the door was often shut, and the shop was filled with smoke, and the window was that yellowy-green colour. My special place was the toilet. It was a place where I could get away and breathe fresh air most of the time. He must have thought I had problems because I spent a lot of time in there. But it was scriptural what I did. Matthew 6 tells us to pray in the closet with the door closed. So amen to that. In Acts 16.13, we read of Paul leaving the city walls to go to the river, expecting to find somewhere to pray. Synagogues were often found near water. And the Greeks also believed that flowing water was a place of holiness. Throughout last summer's difficulties, I got in contact with several people I had lost touch with. One of them was affectionately known as the Mad Irishman. Stuart, if you're watching, thank you. His name is Stuart Elliot, no relation, I don't think. And he now lives in Central America. In one of our communications, he told me that he felt God prompt him to visit an old hunting ground. He wrote, Several years ago, I had time to myself and asked God, and sorry, and God asked me to go to a particular beach that I grew up with in Northern Ireland. Nice sunny day, just enjoying the lapping of the ocean on the rocks and waiting for God to say something. Expecting this bush that I'm walking by to spontaneously ignite or a killer whale to land on the rocks and talk to me. Finally, I sat down on the rocks and watched the seagulls diving and the fisherman checking his lobster pots. Eventually, God spoke and he simply said, thank you. I replied rather confused, what for? He said, for just spending time with me. And it's true. Sometimes prayer involves tarrying, just sitting before God with no agenda or shopping list, just waiting on him and allowing him to have that time with you. I have to agree with Stuart on all accounts, sitting by the seashore and listening to that still voice with no agenda. On Thursday, I had a phone call from Pete. Now, I trained with Pete at Regent's College. And now I turned from a mad Irishman to Mr. Nonsense. If you don't understand, check out in my office is a picture of Mr. Nonsense. Things always seem to go wrong with Pete in a funny way. We touch base every three months or so. And he told me of a sabbatical visit to New Zealand. And I told him of my trip to Israel. And we both marveled in the beauty of God's creation. Pete shared that his most godly moment was in a church in Tonga. They met on the beach. There was no building, no walls. They just stood praising God in the open. Pete's an inspiration to me 
He is a prayer warrior. And as I wrote that, I sense that you might take it that he worries about prayer. He probably does. But he is a great prayer. And often when we speak, there's always a windy connection as he's off walking somewhere talking to God. This time it was the Cotswolds. Now I have two favorite places where I pray. But I've said it before, I was so glad when mobile phones were invented. Because when I was in sales, I would pray aloud while driving. I found that if I prayed in my mind, I'd get sidetracked, a bit like the video clip that we saw last week. I truly believe that God doesn't mind where we pray, as long as we are happy where that may be. A place where we can be alone with him. Not only speak our mind, but be able to hear his voice responding. But what I do think is important is that we do pray to him. Sharing our innermost thoughts, seeking his counsel on personal issues, decisions and life events. Some people prefer a dedicated time with God. It could be the first thing in the morning. Or it could be the last thing at night. I know for others it's a constant conversation throughout the day of talking and walking with Jesus. A friend shared, I must confess that my prayer life over the last 30 years has become less structured and more of an ongoing conversation with God throughout the day. Sometimes I doubt myself because I'm not doing it in the way it should be done. But I found that more of a religious thing rather than a relationship thing. I rarely designate 15 minutes of my day to talk to my wife. I just text, chat, call, whatever, whenever. Some of you might feel that prayer doesn't change things. I think that Sue can testify that it can do. Sometimes our prayers are not answered in a way, in the way we want them to. And when those prayers are not answered how we want them to, it is up to us how we respond. God can cope if we want to shout at him and say, why didn't so-and-so get healed? Or why did that tsunami kill hundreds, if not thousands of people, innocent people? Many of you will remember the tragic tsunami at Christmas 2004. In fact, there's a brilliant film made of it starring Ewan McGregor. It's a must-see if you haven't seen it. Philip Yancey, in his book Prayer, says that upon hearing it, he turned on the national radio and heard a Buddhist, a Muslim, and a Christian give their perspectives on this tragedy. The Buddhist explained that he does not believe in a personal God and sees natural disasters as an inevitable part of fate, though he and many other Buddhists were extending aid to the victims. The Muslim had a more pointed diagnosis. Perhaps the tsunami had come as a punishment, or at least a warning to the Muslims in the area who had not been taking their religion seriously. The commentator reminded listeners that most of the tsunami victims were either Buddhist or Muslim. Before he turned the microphone over to the Christian, a representative of an international aid organization. I have no good explanation of why such things happen. 
and cannot pretend to guess at God's involvement, he said. We are there on the ground because we follow a man who defiled love by telling the story of the Good Samaritan, reaching out to a person who is his ethnic and religious opponent. Jesus showed that same love. And he said, and we believe by following Jesus, we are doing God's will on earth. Wow, I wish I had a brain like that. I find it fascinating how such things either draw us closer to God or we choose to walk away from him. We either rely on him more or blame him. I guess that is our human nature, our free will, our choice. All I know is that you can rely on God far more than you can me. As a banner outside says, God does not make mistakes. I can guarantee I will. Again, in Philip Yancey's book, I wrote a quote from Harold. He says, for as long as I can remember, prayer has been a presence in my life. For years, I would take an hour-long prayer walk every day on an old railroad bed behind my house. I kept lists of answered prayers. Other times I simply stopped praying for a while out of frustration and questions about its usefulness. But always I come back. As I read of people like Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, Henri Nguyen, I take encouragement in the fact that all of them struggled with prayer at some point. He continued, several days ago, I woke up depressed as I often do and prayed, Lord, I'm in an emotional pit. I need your help to climb out. By 11 11 o'clock that morning, it dawned on me that God had answered my prayer and I paused to thank him. Through prayer, I reconnect to God throughout the day. My body chemistry actually changes as I consciously release my problems to God and seek his help. I came across this story. I don't think it's true. And in some way, I hope it's not true. But I like its sentiments. A man went to church. He forgot to switch off his phone and it rang during prayer. The pastor scolded him. The worshippers admonished him after his prayers for interrupting the silence. His wife kept on lecturing him on his carelessness all the way home. One could see the shame, embarrassment and humiliation on his face. After all this, he never stepped foot in a church again. That evening he went to a bar. He was still nervous and trembling. He spilled his drink on the table by accident. The waiter apologized and gave him a napkin to clean himself. The janitor mopped the floor. The female manager offered him a complimentary drink. She also gave him a huge hug and a peck on the cheek while saying, don't worry, who doesn't make mistakes? He has not stopped going to that bar since then. 
Do you know, sometimes our attitudes as believers drive souls to hell. You can make a difference how you treat people, especially when they make mistakes. Well, we have looked at what is prayer. And last week, week, Mike in depth told us, when do I pray? I have looked at briefly where to pray. And next week, Roy will share how to pray. You might be thinking, why bother to pray? It won't change anything in my answer to you. It's the same to my saying, why be baptized? Well, if Jesus thought it was important to be baptized, and if Jesus spent so much time in prayer, then so should we. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Baptist minister. It is because I believe in all my heart, and scripture tells us that too. There is no getting away from it. So let's pray more as individuals in a church. Let's learn to pray blessings upon each other and our community. After years of being a believer, it was prayer that led Sue to today's decision. Anyone else bring a towel? Still time. May I encourage you to pursue in prayer. May I encourage you to be baptized as a believer. And may I encourage you to grow in love with each other while giving thanks and praise to the one who made this amazing world we live in. Amen.